Hello, my name is Corey Pitts. I have my co-host here. Jayla McElvain. And Haley McElhenney. And we are here to talk about the Chuchi and who they were and their resistance to the Russian Empire. We're going to set the setting where it's sunny, freezing cold, and we are going to talk about the Russians. The Russians are fresh arrivals after defeating the Siberian Conte. They are looking to expand northwards, looking for Yasak. Yasak is a fur tax which can be which can pay a multitude of things. The expansion and the quest for Yasak left the Russians' uh, empire fresh out of rivals. Continuing, the Russians are about to meet a fierce and heavy cultured tribe which had the idea that they were the true humans or Laura Velton. They believed that every tribe native to them were second class, especially the Russians. There are no exact times in which this conflict between the two ensued but the Cossacks were believed to have stumbled upon the Chuchi and asked for Yasak, and a conflict then ensued. My uh, takeaway from that is that after the Russians defeated the Siberian Conte, that they then um, hired mercenaries from that tribe and called them the Cossacks, and then um, they started conquering and expanding the, the way they wanted to. Are going on in the early encounters between Russian Cossacks and the Chuchi people, the Cossack chieftains even Arestov and Demir Zirin dismissed warnings about a fearsome people in the region. When conflicts arose, the Cossacks led by the future explorer Semyon Desenev uh, underestimated the Chuchi's courage and resistance. Chieftain Arestov reported a fierce battle lasting a day and night, highlighting the Chuchi's lack of fear of firearms unlike other indigenous groups. The Cossacks' initial disregard for the Chuchi stemmed from a lack of understanding of their mentality and resilience in the face of adversity. Despite initial attempts at peaceful resolution, the Cossacks faced challenges due to Chuchi's uncompromising stance and a primitive governance. That's pretty interesting because, yeah. I mean, Russia has always been known as being, like, unfearful warriors, like, right. just running into battle no matter if they're going to win or lose. Yeah. Like, their numbers are going to be there. So it's interesting that even, like, they're indigenous people who don't have the same, not education, right. but, like, one's way more modernized than the other. Right. Yeah, and almost like, you know, this has happened through years, so they're not, like, Sovietized when it was the USSR. And Like, like the same kind of propaganda. Mm. And regardless of, like, any Russian reputation, they were still not scared. Like, they went into that courageous yeah. and brave and ready to fight. And Absolutely. Yeah, they, um, they indeed saw the firearms, and they indeed did not back down, <laughs> you know? And it's very, it's... You know, it's a lot of bravery for that tribe to have, you know, go into battle, not knowing what to face, not knowing what to expect, but still having courage and and bravery to, you know, fight for your people and fight for your, your, your way, your way of life. When someone comes in and, um, you know, is demanding, you know, yasak or fur and tax, you know. I mean, no wonder why... Russia wanted the their land. They had so many amazing resources. They had plenty of access to fish, animals. They even had gold. Like <clears throat> that was one reason that the Chichi like resisted Russians was because they wanted to protect their resources. 
because that was just their way of life. That's how they lived. They thrived off of their land. And I think another sense of their, like, resistance was their cultural identity. They, They were attached to that land and their deep cultural heritage. They were determined to protect their way of life at all costs, and they wanted to maintain their sovereignty and self-determination and didn't want to be subjected under one person's rule. They wanted to continue their cultural customs no matter what. They would have, I just find that very highly admirable. You're right. Um, I like how, like, what is it, do you, do you know what, like, what, like, what they, like, what they wore, like, Oh, so their armor was made of this material called laminar. It was like hard wood and leather mm. created together. Mm. So it was it was strong, but it was nowhere near as strong mm. as. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then their weapons were like bow, spear, knives, slingshots. They mastered all of that from their early childhood. So it, it doesn't even compare to the Russian, their modernized technology for fighting. And that's just that's another thing that amazes me is how they won, regardless of that. There was a lot of smarts in that, too. Like, yeah. they went above and beyond. They didn't just use their weapons. They were like, we're going to trick these people. Yeah, yeah. their militia tactics were very intelligent. Yeah. It was a whole different world back then and a whole different way to fight. And, you know, a lot of different tribes had a lot of different ways to fight. And it's it's crazy that the Chuchi especially, you know, embraced the tactics that they had and, def- you know, fought. I know that there was, like, some back-migration after the war. So, there was a back-migration, and it drives me a little bit crazy that science can't completely figure this out. But before I get into this, I want to set the stage of, like, where we're talking about, because there's some cool fun facts in there. The land bridge uh, connected Chukata, which is the, like, region in which the Chuchi lived, to Alaska. What is... Was then the land bridge is now covered by the Bering Strait. South of that is the Bering Sea, and the north of that is the Chuchi Sea, which I bring up just because I never knew about this. I think it's pretty cool that the Chuchi have their own sea. I didn't know that either. That's mm. actually very cool. Yeah. They like they want a little bit of, I don't know, rights. Yeah, that's actually really <laughs> awesome. Especially because like, most maps are made by Europeans, so yeah. they must have made some impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite a bit. Once again, there are three migrations, and science doesn't completely agree when they happened. They do agree that it was during, at least the last one was do- done during our most recent Ice Age. But once again, we can't agree on when that was. In science worlds, maybe we can, but I feel that the range is just too big of scientists being like, it was... 20,000 years ago or 15,000 years ago. Lots agree that it's in that range, but that feels too big for me comfortably to be like, this is a hard fact. Mm. But yeah, they back migrated from North America back into Chukata and stayed for multiple generations and interbred with them, which brought some of North American genetics into Northeastern Siberia. And there is DNA and carbon testing being done, which is fantastic because both, like, Alaska and Siberia are great for preserving archaeological remains. But 
there's still a large variant age. So scientists are trying to figure out, like, was this an original migration? Was this a later migration? Trying to figure out where movement was. So, yeah, nothing has been set in stone date-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's when I did research, they had no exact time that's why they placed it uh that's why i placed it 1581 through 1642 because i researched and they no one in in anywhere any textbook or anything said any exact time exact place exact setting um but they had a time frame they did have a time frame yeah but and this has been studied for years yeah. which is interesting yeah, it's busy. yeah. like it's crazy. custom made theories about this in the 1500s. Peter the Great sent people out here in the late 1400s. Right. Um, but, you know, it's been, right. what, almost 600, 500, yeah. 600 years, and we Long still haven't time. figured this out. No, yeah, Science is getting better, it's but... A mystery. It's a true mystery. Yeah. I, I almost think it's... It's an admiral. Because, like, it's simplified. Sometimes I think we make problems because we don't have enough stress. We're a little bored, so we make problems. And I I think it's a beautiful way of life. And it caused them to go on adventures. Like, there are theories that they originally migrated because they were following reindeer. Or they were, like, tracking whales. And, like, a lot of people don't have, like, as many, like customs and traditions as some people do and they had so many customs and traditions that nobody else could compare to it makes you different and being different is that's just awesome like we look back in these textbooks and stuff and see how different these people are and we think like wow well so from my research there were like two kind of separate groups so they had their reindeer herders and then they also and i think they had a slightly different name for these people but like the coastal chichi who were more the fishers, the, like, harpooners. Again, I just think Chi-Chi are beautiful, courageous, admirable people. They um, deserve all love, and if you, like, looking into more about them is honestly something great to do. Just, they're so interesting. Thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Corey Pitts. My name is Haley McFelony. And I'm Jayla McElvain. And we will see you next time.